You ready? Yeah. Oh, hold on. I forgot something. I forgot my I forgot my wedding ring. For the sound of of you wearing a wedding wedding ring, so that you can sound more married. Yeah, I want, the, I want the microphone. The mic? I want the microphone to pick up that I'm no longer on the market. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to Survivor Series, the only podcast where now officially two married folks go through uh, every woot woot. season of Survivor. Uh, I'm your host Ryan Knightsey, and with me, as always, is the lovely Jesse Dubioski Knightsey. Hi, hello, that's me. That's you, officially. How are you feeling? We well, technically not officially. Well, I haven't gone to the Social Security office yet. Uh, it, legally, in the state of Georgia, I guess. Technically not half like half like you know what i mean like we have the marriage license it's on the file. marriage license and that's really it yeah that's pretty much it so far but you know we're slowly we're truly getting there we did not of course we talked about it last week we didn't or two weeks ago we did not put an episode out last week covering episode seven uh of survivor season 45 because we were getting married folks well, and one of us was getting married and one of us was passing a kidney so. uh, uh hold on <laughs> Don't come at me this hard, this quickly. Uh, yeah, uh, it was a quite the weekend. Uh, quite the weekend for us. Of course, we got married. Then on Thursday, I went to the ER because I was... Pa- before we got married. Before we got married, I was attempting to pass a kidney stone. Uh, yeah, because the, the idea of, of marrying one. me was just so stressful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you just had to... You would rather push a tiny crystallized ball through your the tiny tubes of your body. Mm-hmm. So... A two millimeter crystallized rock through a. Which was more exciting to you. I don't, it wasn't exciting. Married. I'll be honest. It was not exciting. Um, yeah. We have a lot of show to get to, of course. This episode, we're talking about episode seven and episode eight. So it's a double feature for y'all uh, for this episode of Survivor Series. But before we get to it, I mean, let's talk about the wedding. Was there. Give me some moments, Jess, uh, that you really enjoyed. Obviously, beyond the part of uh, saying we love each other and officially getting married oh, and everything. Uh, beyond that beyond that crap. Right. Yeah, I didn't know that was... Uh, I guess, yeah, beyond that obvious stuff. Uh, it was fun. It was really fun. It was just like a fun party, honestly. It was just so nice, like, everyone that we... Are you talking about the reception the whole weekend? The whole weekend. So fun to see all our loved ones and our friends, and it was just a fun party. The music was awesome. You did a great job. Oh, thank you. And um, our friends were really trying to make us cry the whole time. I don't think our friends had to try us make us cry. No, they didn't have to try that hard, We bawled multiple times on our own. Yeah, it was a very fun weekend. I think we did a very good job of... Uh, we had, you know, we had a, the rehearsal, rehearsal, the rehearsal dinner on, on Friday, a little uh, welcome party, little afterwards. welcome party concert afterwards as well. Um, then we had, of course, Saturday was the big day. We had the, the wedding, we had photos, we had, I had a brunch with all the groomsmen. You were, you spent, had a little bit of a brunch kind of getting ready party Saturday morning with the bridesmaids. Yeah. Um, that's the, like the, I think the most annoying thing about getting married is that you have to spend as um, a woman, like six hours uh-huh. getting your hair and makeup done and also fixing all the flowers that came in with 
purple in them when you specifically ask for no purple. Um, <laughs> well, also finding and time also to with eat. boutonnieres the size of bouquets, and you're like, now you have to make boutonnieres because like who could put two Gerbera daisies on their chest? That's massive. Um, so we had to do all that in the wake up at six at the butt crack at dawn. Well, and the, well, the, the guys get to wake up at like nine, nine thirty, go to brunch, and then the the best man has the audacity to come over here at like noon. We have to be at the church at one. He comes over at twelve fifteen and asks to borrow a board game because y'all need to kill time. I was like, I'm gonna kill you. Do you want something to do? I can give you. What do you mean kill time? You guys have to be at the church in forty five minutes. You don't have to kill time. You want to come over here and make some boutonnieres? I'll give you something to kill time. <clears throat> anyway, men have it easy. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no response. Matt actually, I didn't expect it. I didn't know he got here like 12.15. If it was 12.15, because we left around 11.15, 11.30, the brunch place. Um, so that would have been, I think Matt went, you know, he drove, went to CVS, and then by the time he arrived, all that stuff. If I knew we would have gotten there twelve fifteen, I would be like, no, we don't have enough time. Maybe a one short board game or something, very short, but not, otherwise, no. He no, showed up at like noon. We also would have been we there also early. Gave him tissues. Yeah, which he went. He's like, I'm going to CVS to get tissues. Like we have. Oh, so we hadn't even been at CVS yet. No, fascinating. We, uh, we were also we also would have probably been done earlier because I didn't tell you this, but when we got to the brunch place, I made a reservation for the brunch place. Fantastic spot in Atlanta. I forget the name of it. Uh, the Breakfast Boys is what it's called. Uh, fantastic spot. I put the reservation in online a couple days before, you know, the day before you get that code of like, hey, if you're still reserving, press one to confirm or whatever. Um, and so I do that. We get there. We get to the line outside. Um, for whatever reason, there's a line outside. Um, I tell the lady, oh, yeah, we have a reservation. She can't find me on the list. I'm like, okay, we had a reservation. It's under Ryan. It's at, oh, is it 10 a.m., I think. She's like, are you sure? I was like, yeah, pull up on my phone. And she, she's like, there's a search function. So she searches in the thing, finds our reservation. So she says, okay, great, you can go inside. We go inside to the next part where they then give us the menus to go sit down and find, bring us to our seat, right? Um, we get inside, and I'm like, yep, we have a reservation at uh, uh, 10. The lady outside says we're all good. And they're like, okay, cool. Check their system. We don't have you. What are you talking about? I showed her my thing. Okay, we don't have you. Okay. The lady outside has it. She used like a search feature or whatever. Excuse me. She used like a search feature outside uh, to, to you know, find me on the list. She did that. She did the search feature. Nothing came up. Somehow, between outside and inside, we lost our reservation for, for our brunch. And we had to then stand for the next 30 minutes. They didn't go outside and talk to the lady? No, the lady came in and talked to them. Apparently, that's an issue with their system where between outside and inside, which is like five feet, uh, seven feet in, indoor, outdoor, uh, it doesn't work all the time. It doesn't synchronize all the time. Uh, so we somehow completely lost our reservation uh, in a matter of like two minutes. You're really talking up a good game for this place. Um, and then we had to stand outside for 30 minutes waiting for, or no, 15 minutes for a table to be open, uh, which we then sat at. Which and then we for had a, like eight people or six people, seven? Seven people. 
15 minutes is not long on a no. sun, on a Saturday brunch. It was it was packed, trust so, me. So like they they messed up your reservation, but like 15 minutes is not long for a table of 7. That's why I'm not too on upset. On a Saturday. About it. That's for what, brunch. I'm making it in sound <laughs> That's why I'm making it sound bad. This is a Saturday 10 a.m. on a brunch in Atlanta and it was a hop and spot as the kids say. Um and it was like 15 minutes. So I was like, that's yeah. fine for seven they people. They did good work trying to get you guys in because like 15 minutes is a short time. <laughs> yeah. So they got us in and it was a fantastic brunch and we had a great time. We had fantastic food. Um, I highly recommend their food. We had a bunch. Everyone had a bunch of different things and everyone was, it was amazed of how good every single individual item was. Um, fantastic time. And of course we had the wedding, we had the reception, we had the Sunday brunch for our, with everyone at, on Sunday. Yeah. We uh, went to a dive bar after until like 2 a.m. And then we also did not at all regret having people at our house at 10 a.m. the next day. Actually, you regretted it, having people uh, staying out too late and having people up in the morning. I didn't regret staying out too late. You did. I, I just, well, I said we should have gone home at 1. Yes, which I distinctly remember you saying we should have gone home. it was our party, and I wanted to hang out with our friends and family and my siblings. And that's fair. The problem is, is that... All that last night at the dive bar, I'm talking to you, Jesse. It's at one o'clock. All right, Jesse, it's time for us to go home. Because you always want to go home. And it's like, I'm like, this is the one night where I'm going to say, I'm going to look at you dead in the face. And I'm going to say, no. And that's like, all right, that's fine. I'll let (laughs) you have your fun. We had another fun for, we had fun for another hour. We then wake up the next day preparing for the Sunday brunch. And then you have the gall, the Ryan gall (laughs) to say, we should have left at one. And I'm like, you can't, you can't do that to me. <laughs> like the first fight as a married couple. Defy it. The first fight as a married couple is like, is being like, I should have left at one. I know. <laughs> That's what I've been saying. <sighs> Anyways. And I have regrets, but I also don't regret it. I know. I know you. You're a complicated <laughs> person and I love you. Um, <clears throat> any other things we want to talk about for the wedding? Uh, it was a you know great weekend. I think we did a good job. I think we, uh, very, yeah. we... It was very important to us to make sure it was like fun the entire weekend. And I think we did a really good job with that. Um, if you're at, if you're listening to this podcast and are at the wedding, uh, email in survivorseries at gmail.com. S C U R V I V O R. Horrible time you had. Don't don't trample over my plugs. S C U R V I V O R series at gmail.com. And yes, Jesse, you were saying. Tell us how much of a horrible time you had. Yes, tell us the worst thing that happened at the wedding, and why was it the rain or the cold uh or one cold day or what or eating my wedding cake after explicitly telling her place not to serve our wedding cake let's talk a little bit better episode seven of survivor they did a wonderful job other than that yes episode seven of survivor season 45 we're doing the two-part double feature here it's about 11 minutes in it's about time to get to two episodes of survivor um episode seven the thorn in my thumb uh, I'm gonna go a little fast, Beanie. So uh, uh, just whenever, whenever you feel right, just interrupt me to get through this episode. Um, the thorn in my thumb. So this is post. Uh, this is the post Caleb being safe and the J Maya going home vote. That big moment from episode six. Caleb comes back. He realizes he was lucky and recognizes uh, and recognizes everyone voted for him and that sort of tough spot that puts him into. Bruce asks Katora about her hesitancy about voting for Caleb in front of everyone on purpose, which, of course, annoys Katora. Which is honestly annoying as fuck, but, uh, excuse me, annoying as heck. Uh, But, honestly, 
He knows what he, like, he's doing it on purpose. He, he knows what's happening. Oh, yeah. Bruce is, like, turning in, like, he wasn't much of, like, a villain, but he's officially, like, by the time episode eight is over, he's basically the villain of this show right now. Which, honestly, Katora has kind of seen through, like, the whole time. He's doing the whole villain disguise as, like, I'm just being a dad. Yeah. But it's like he's really a villain. Yeah. Um, Katora is annoyed at Bruce for trying to isolate her from a unanimous vote. Uh, Kendra is sharing uh, Katora's annoyance by Bruce. Uh, Katora and Caleb talk about Bruce. Kendra and Kelly start talking about voting for Bruce. Basically, there's a there's now a, a lot more of a groundswell of voting for Bruce uh, at the start of episode seven. Um. Emily has decided to start lying to Caleb and officially says that she wants to work with the Reba Four. Reba Four, of course, being Drew, Austin, D, and Julie, Mama J. So, yeah. Which sucks to see, but, like, I'm happy to see Emily making her own moves now. Yeah, me too. It, it is, it's important for her that this, we talk about the student becoming the master, that idea. Because um, everybody knows that Caleb is gone. Like, Caleb kind of fucked himself. Now he's gone. Um, back from commercial break, Bruce and Sifu bond over Tai Chi or or some or football or some sort of weird thing. It just kind of annoys people <laughs> because they're two weirdos. Uh, Jake wants Caleb in the game, uh, but needs him and Bruce to come together because Bruce is one of Jake's allies, and Caleb he likes Caleb and wants to work with Caleb. Um, so he needs Bruce, them to come together. Um, Bruce and Caleb have a conversation on the beach together about, you know, trying to come together and work better as a unit. Bruce walks away from that conversation saying he's glad he's officially humbled Caleb. And Caleb says, I hated that conversation. (laughs) Honestly, okay. I also hate that conversation. Bruce starts by saying, I'm going to talk to you honestly. And then throws out the most, like, convoluted, annoying bunch of sports analogies. Yeah. Like, he's talking in circles. I'm going to talk to you honestly, but then I'm going to talk you through, like, a million hoops and not say directly what I'm trying to say. Is the most ironic thing I think I've seen Bruce do. And then walking away from that and said, I that was a good conversation. I did a good job. I've humbled Caleb. I, he, he, Caleb's like, the heck? Yeah. Bruce has this ego on him that is yeah. very annoying. Um, um, also, can we talk about real quick, uh, you skipped over it, uh, Austin getting away with not voting. Oh, yes. Thank you for bringing that very, up. Very sneaky, but he got away with it. Yes. Austin at some point mentions how like, yeah, I think cause Caleb comes back and he's like 12 people. When he says that he says that in his interview, when he recognizes everyone voted for him, he's like 12 people voted for him. We cut to Austin and Austin's like, I voted. For, I didn't vote. Only 11 people voted. No one seems to have noticed that it was yeah, only 11 votes. counted the votes. So Austin getting away with, uh, uh, which is not a really huge thing, but ultimately no, the idea of... No, but it's funny. It's just funny how they're all like, everyone voted for me. And Austin's like, I didn't. Not me. And because I didn't, I have an idol till the bottom yeah. five or whatever it is. He does his little T, not me. Everyone is sort of struggling with Bruce now. Uh, Jake, I don't know if Jake is struggling with Bruce more or less, but he really wants Caleb. He's really gunning for Caleb. He's down bad, uh, but he needs Bruce for the numbers. We sort of get this realization of, like, the people that are working with Bruce or sort of aligned with Bruce, Bruce, Kelly, um, Kendra, I guess, they're, they're all sort of saying to themselves, we don't like Bruce. We don't like working with Bruce, but we also need Bruce to be part of this number. However... The other side, the Reba 4 and everything, see Bruce as a threat 
as like as the leader of this Bella unit, even though the rest of the Bellas like he's not our leader, he's just numbers. So you have this front of Bruce. It looks seems to be the leader of Bella, despite no one thinking that inside. But Bello. I mean, they're gonna let them think that. Well, we'll see how that works out for episode eight. Um, we get to the immunity challenge. Uh, the immunity challenge is basically you have to hold onto a pole and don't drop something. Uh, for, oh no, yeah, you're holding onto a pole. It's the it's the you're just grasping, bear hugging a pole and just don't drop. Uh, two immunity people get the win uh, because we're splitting off into two different tribes of red and blue. Um, because two immunity people are going to get the win, two people are going to go home via the split two tribes. The longest person, whoever you know, whoever's the last person standing on, uh, you know, uh, on either tribe will get immunity, and whoever's the last person overall gets sanctuary for the tribe. So the groups are split off in red: Jake, D, Austin, Julie, Caleb, and Katora, and then Team Blue: Emily, Drew, Bruce, Sifu, Kendra, and Kelly. Um, uh, pretty much, uh, Emily drops first. Uh, followed by Julie, th- followed by Kendra, and we just keep going down and down and down until it's left D and Kelly, who last 17 minutes at the very least. Uh, D uh, gets a fantastic leverage position to get her the ultimate win. Her toes help her. She's doing this sort of like leaning back system. Yeah, she's like putting all the. She's. It's like interesting to watch D. And everybody else try to, like, fight gravity. People are, like, sticking their toes in the little grooves. And Dee's, like, just hooking her feet and leaning into it. Yeah. she's Well, she's not leaning into it. She's leaning, leaning away, away from it. Leaning away from the pole. I'm doing it in person, away from the microphone, which doesn't help. She's leaning away from the pole, which at the time you mentioned that, like, there's something about that, like, position that helps with the gravity of it all. Like, instead well, because of... because instead she's, of she's using, using gravity, because, like... And she's sitting in it. Using your body as kind of a fulcrum Mm -hmm. and hooking your feet. So you're putting less pressure on, like, your toes and your fingers where people are, like, gripping into grooves. You're going to get tired. That's a lot of pressure. Like, she's just sitting into it. Yeah. Which is still still a lot. like, uses a lot of your muscles, but, like, you're able to use gravity to kind of be that force that's, like, wedging you up there. Mm -hmm. And And you're not using your full strength. Right. Um, whereas, you know, so she could switch into that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she does a great job. She gets a fantastic leverage. She gets the overall win. So she's on the winner tribe of team red and Kelly is on team blue. She gets the immunity as well, but, uh, they will go to tribal council first. I believe the loser team goes first. Uh, yeah, the loser team goes first. Uh, then the re- winner team goes second. Unlike the previous seasons, um, the loser team, whoever gets voted off on the loser team, doesn't become a member of the, I was going to say tribal council, a of the jury. Jury, thank you. Because um, last time it was, right, it was the first person voted off was on the jury. Right? And then they would come in seeing who got voted off, and then they almost made the decision based off of it. Wasn't that Matt? No, who was the first person on the jury? I don't remember. I don't quite remember, um, but it's always been situations like that where they see someone come in and they're like, oh, okay, that person got eliminated. Uh, there's distinctly the moment with the uh, 42, I want to say, where they come in. That was the distinct moment where they come in seeing an African-American uh, person. I forget if it was a boy or a girl on the jury, and they were coming in thinking about voting for 
one of the two African-American women, I believe. And then it became this whole conversation about uh, about was, uh, race and the and survivor. and Marianne. Yes. I don't remember I the other girl's name. I can't remember anybody's names from the last, like... I just remember Marianne. Yeah. Was Marianne... Marianne was a different season than Gabler, right? Yeah, Correct. because they both won. Yes. <laughs> I'm like, it yes. all blends together. That's me? fine. I don't remember her name. Um, I can picture, I can picture her face. Me too. But uh, ultimately, it was, that was when we had a conversation about race and Survivor, which is a very good conversation looking back on it. But and that season, like, especially, like, she wasn't wrong. No. And also, like, when they recorded that, it was like, they recorded it roughly, like, still in the peak of Black Lives Matter movement during that, during the summer of 2020. So it was like, yeah. it was in the, it was in all of their minds. Yeah. And, like, she wasn't wrong. It's like, in... Previous seasons, but especially that season, like, that was the trend. That was what was happening. Mm -hmm. And, like, I can imagine it sucked to see. Do you like the change here where they, the first person gets eliminated, doesn't go become part of the jury? You don't know who got eliminated? Um, do you like that change? Or do you prefer to come and see who got eliminated and then you make your choice kind of on the fly there? Um, I really, I think I really liked that, like, that affected their voting. Because I like that it, like, throws a wrench. Because sometimes when the, the winning team in this scenario, like, has too many advantages, you know what I mean? Like, not too many advantages, but, like, they have it kind of easier, mm -hmm. it feels like sometimes. I think it throws a wrench because they feel high of, like, we were the winning team. Yeah. It throws a wrench in their plans a little bit. And I kind of like that because I like – I hate when – Tribal goes perfectly. Yeah. You want it to be chaotic. Because if it I goes like, perfect, it's boring. Yeah. I like when it's like, oh, shoot. Uh, ooh, we, we can't throw this person out anymore. Yeah. <clears throat> I, I, I like that, too. I don't know how I feel about it. I like that idea, too. Um, I think it's more fun just to sort of make that last minute. Yeah. But the problem, is, the problem with it, obviously, is like it kind of makes it, it kind of is a disadvantage for the winners at that point. I guess that's which the argument. I think it's fun. Which I think is fun. Because otherwise it's just two separate tribals. There's no like, you know, it's just two normal tribal councils. Yeah, it doesn't quite, they're kind of separate even though they are still connected. They're just less connected than they were before. Um, so the loser camp, which of course <laughs> was the blue tribe, they head to the old crappy Lulu camp. Uh, well, everyone else goes back to normal camp. Well, um, I should say they go to sanctuary first. Well, they go to sanctuary, and they have DIY tacos. Because you're going to have tacos, but we're going to make you work for it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they have DIY tacos. I don't know why they just didn't make them tacos, but that's fine, well, I, I guess. Because like, tacos are a personal thing, you know? Mm -hmm. Everyone has a different way to make tacos. Mm -hmm. But I still love the idea that this is Survivor. Sure, we're going to give you tacos, but like... you got to work for food. you got to work for your food. Um, D is very happy to win, uh, and eat, but no, it's weird to vote, uh, to need to vote someone out because she's going into this tribe, you know, looking from D's perspective, her group here is Jake, D, Austin, Julie, Caleb, Katora. who does she vote out for? She's aligned with Julie, um, she's aligned with Austin, they kind of have the majority here, do they vote Caleb, Katora, or Jake? That's the question. Uh, Julie is thinking, <laughs> to that response, yeah, it's Caleb, right? I mean, that's what we're voting for, it's very obvious. I love Mama J. 
she is so like upfront and frank about so yeah. much stuff of like, well, yeah, we're voting on Caleb. What? Why is this a conversation? Let's just vote out this person. Um, she wants. She works with everybody, but sometimes the the. Uh, oh, who do we vote for? And she's just sitting there like, well, that's Caleb, obviously. She doesn't like the theatrics. No, no, which she I appreciate. Just, she's just like, all right, we all know what's happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake wants to fight for Caleb, and he wants Julie out. Um, he sort of says later in episode eight that this was more of, uh, I want to vote for uh, Caleb, or I want to keep Caleb, who's the person that's probably most likely can get eliminated, and that's Julie. Um, so we have this sort of, that's the name he sort of comes up with. At the loser camp, at the Lulu loser camp, Kelly is happy to win, but doesn't want to vote out someone just like Dee, uh, but she's not happy because she uh, doesn't have food. Uh, Bruce and Drew talk about voting Sifu out. Um, Drew wants Bruce out, but is willing to vote out Sifu. Um, he's also sort of concerned because he left his bag <laughs> like a fool. You never this leave your bag. This is the same... This happened to Matt in the same situation last time. Mm-hmm. Never leave your bag at camp. Never leave. And, and, and it's a different kind. It's slightly different because at least Drew has an advantage that works. Whereas Matt had a fake idol and thought, oh, I could have I my fake idol. It could have been helpful. Yeah, here. but everyone in the entire world watching this episode, that episode of Survivor, wanted Matt to bring his bag so badly because we all wanted to see him play as fake idol. Yeah. And the resolution we all of that. wanted to see that happen. And the resolution of him believing so hardly a fake idol is that he fully forgets his bag. Just really sums up the idiocracy of uh, Matt on that season. Um, so yeah, the, the conversation right now is voting out Sifu. Drew, not only did he leave his bag, but he's sort of in a tough spot where Emily is the only really person he he works with previously. D, Austin, Julie, the Reba Four, they're all on the other team. He really just has Emily. Uh, beyond that, it's Bruce, Sifu, Kendra, and Kelly. That's a lot of Bello. He also has Sifu, who is a Reba member, but, you know, he's outside the Reba 4, Reba 5, if you count Emily. Um, Kendra talks to Drew and Emily about, uh, and Sifu about voting for Bruce, uh, to start getting that name out there. Uh, Bruce knows Kendra is talking about her, is talking to her? I don't know. Wait, talking it's- about him, I think. Kelly thinks it's the wrong time to vote out Bruce. It's wild to me how he's so aware of things like that, but so unaware about the rest of him. What do you mean? Like, Bruce has no idea, like, the effect that he's having on people and how people find him annoying and how he's, like, he thinks he's coming off, like, genuine and honest and whatever. Because he has an ego. He doesn't think he's annoying. Yeah. But, like, he's, like, that conversation with Caleb, like, I nailed that. And Caleb being like, the heck was that? He's so unaware in so many situations, but... Like, he's so aware of, like, the fact that Kelly is definitely dropping his name, even though she thinks she's being sneaky. Like, it's it baffles me. I love... The I love The dichotomy of Bruce. I love also the irony, knowing what is about to happen with episode eight. Kelly thinks it's the wrong time to vote out Bruce. It was the right time. Kelly. It was the right time. There are a lot of moments with Caleb, Jake, Kelly in this moment. A lot of moments we're realizing where people are like, I messed up. I thought I did a good job the previous episode. That laid the groundwork for me to get voted out. If Kelly agreed with Kendra about voting for Bruce, maybe she would still be here today. But that's episode eight. We'll get to that in a moment. Dee and Austin at the winner's group uh, talk voting out Caleb. Austin doesn't really want to vote Caleb. Dee doesn't care. Thinks Jake would turn on Caleb. Um, Jake 
ultimately wants control of the game. This is the moment where Jake steps up and he's like, you know what? I want to play this game. I want to play Survivor. Let's get to it. Caleb and Jake are worried about Austin telling Katora about Bruce's Isle for leverage. So he comes up with this plan. They are going to tell Katora about Bruce's Idol to try to earn her trust. Which honestly backfires. <laughs> yeah, we'll get to that. Uh, they're worried there about like if Austin does it, maybe that might hurt, you know, hurt their game and everything. So Jake's plan is we put three votes on Julie. That being Katora, Caleb, and Jake on Julie. Which makes it a tie vote. 3-3 three, three, uh, with the other three, D, Julie, and Austin voting on Caleb. Jake will then, some at some point, I guess at that point, will convince Austin to not go to Rocks, because if they go to Rocks, then Julie and Caleb are safe, and Austin might be voted on, um, because of how the Rocks get done. So he's going to at some point convince, he thinks he can convince Austin to flip on Mama J, uh, because he's, they say, I believe he, the reason he voted Austin was because he thinks Austin's like scared, and he's doing all this place. Austin has almost two idols at the end of episode eight he has two idols i don't think austin's scared so that's a bad read on jake um so this is a plan that is faulty and has a lot of holes to begin with the first hole being uh caleb talks to katora about the plan and bruce and so does jake talk about bruce and his idol katora's reaction to that is not how it go, how they wanted it to go. She is upset at bello and might want to work with reba because she's realizing oh everyone I thought I was working with lied to me about Bruce's idol, kept it from me, it helped him find his idol, and kept this news from me for however many days. I don't know if I trust any of these people. I don't know if I want to work with them. And she gets, she understands that, you know, brain-wise, logic-wise, she should still vote with them, maybe, but there's a part of her that feels upset, a part of her that feels emotional, and says, no, screw these people, they've been lying to me, why should I work with them? Uh, do you think it was a good idea to tell Katora? Uh, about Bruce's idol at this moment, Jess? Honestly, yes. Because I think if you, you're in a situation where you don't have all your numbers, you are, like, isolated from your parts of your group, you know what I mean? Well, like, you, you, you're you dumb to find out you're isolated from other parts of your group. Well, like, but you are, you're in a, you're in a group of, like, a very strong three-way alliance. It gets, it's basically, like, three to three. Three to, yeah. Yeah. So, like, now's not the time to make someone in your alliance question you. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I know that they thought it was a for sure thing of she's going to be like, oh, they trust me. No. It's been, like, days mm-hmm. and multiple tribals that, like, she hasn't known about this idol. Yeah. In what world is she going to be like, wow, they trust me? She's going to be like, they don't trust me. Yeah. So this is not the time to shake up people. It was a fully bad read. Yeah. I think, like, yeah, she's going to find out. If Bruce plays his idol at the other tribal, like, she's going to find out. Yeah. And she's going to be mad. But that's a risk you have to take because you're in a situation where you have, you're separated from parts of your alliance. You're put in a group with, like, a very, very strong three-way alliance. Like, you can't rock the boat with anybody in your alliance. Like, you have to be sure of your votes. Mm-hmm. And I get it that it was they were trying to secure Katora's vote, but like they they ultimately played a defensive move. Jake and Caleb ultimately played a defensive move against the probability of Austin telling Katora about Bruce's idol. 
right? Yeah. Like they they actually don't know. We don't watch to see it. I don't know if I didn't read the read the post uh um uh Caleb conversations or anything. We don't know if Austin ever talked to Katora about Bruce's idol. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's kind of a risk you have to take because telling her didn't help and it wasn't going to. Because what she's going to think like, "Oh, they're only telling me now because they think somebody else is going to tell me." Yeah. Like she was set on Caleb for the most part. Like she was she didn't want to vote Caleb. Yeah. But I don't know. She finds out you've been lying to her this whole time and you're only telling her cuz you think somebody else is going to tell her. Yeah. And also it brings up the question of like does how, does Austin know how Bruce found his idol or just know that Bruce has an idol? Cuz if Bruce if if Austin goes up to Kator and say, "Hey, by the way, Bruce has an idol." Then you can maybe create this this gameplay of like, you know, they didn't know either. They didn't know either, or they weren't a part of it. Uh, or you know, Caleb can say, "Yeah, I knew about it," and that would hurt. And Jake could be like, "I don't know about it." Um, and Caleb could be like, "Yeah, Bruce just told me before we got here. I was meaning to tell you." You know, to play some sort of game like that. But instead, they they go on the the offensive to do a defensive play against yeah. Austin. Where we don't even know if Austin was even going to do that. Austin, for all we know, assumed Katora knew about Bruce's idol. Everyone else on Bello knows about it. Well, I think maybe they would have thought maybe Austin would say something like, unless Bruce plays his idol. And then Katora would be like, what? what? (laughs) Yeah. I don't think they necessarily thought that he would tell her intentionally. I think they thought it was also a possibility that he could mention it to her. Yeah. And her be blindsided by that. Yeah. But I don't know. I think it backfired on them. I think it was always going to backfire on them. It was a full-on uh, strategic mishap is yeah. what just happened here. We go to Lulu, the Lulu loser. Sifu thinks it could be him. What does he do about it? Kind of just mopes around the island. Yeah. <laughs> Sifu. doesn't really do anything about it. He's just like, I think it's going to be me, which sucks because... I wanted to be on the jury so bad. That was a goal no, of mine. Just twist the knife on Bruce or something. Do something. It just he, it, yeah. We don't see him talk to anyone about it. Just being like, yeah, I think I'm the vote. <laughs> it's like, all right, guy, do something about it. I also, though, I understand why the vote is Sifu, because like all these people have alliances with these people that they're in a group with, except yeah. for Bruce. And Sifu's just the odd man out. Sort of. He's vote. honestly like, I don't think anybody would be able to know how to play to his vote on the jury yeah because of stuff like this where it's just like oh i don't know i guess i'm done he's eeyore yeah he's eeyore <laughs> how do you get eeyore's vote <laughs> <laughs> i think we found our episode title uh how do you get eeyore's vote? yeah he is he is eeyore at this point and also it's like story-wise the jay maya his revenge arc of jay maya has ended now Which what does honestly, he do like Maybe he just should have kept her so that he could have had more. Yeah, I to mean, do. yeah, because right now it's like he has Which nothing to do. Which is again why people, some people argue it's not the right time to vote out Bruce. They still need Bruce, even though they don't want him. Like they mm-hmm. think they still need him. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, do something of, like that, Sifu. Speaking of, Kelly talks Bruce to Kendra. Uh, she says she can't vote Bruce. No one will take him. Uh, no one will take him to the final three because they're going to use him as a shield. Talking about the numbers. Talking about shield. These are the reasons we should keep Bruce. Again, there is a reality, an alternate reality, where Kelly's like, no, you're right, let's vote out Bruce. Uh, would that have helped Kelly in episode eight? 
I don't know if Bruce was gone at this point. It probably maybe would have gone to Jake, maybe Kelly still, and there would have been a conversation between the two. Maybe Kelly still would have gone home, but the very least Bruce might be gone, or the very least he would play as well, idol. Bruce wouldn't have been immune. Somebody else would have won immunity. How so? If Bruce was gone. Oh, good point. Good point. <laughs> great, great point. Uh, fantastic point. So there's a chance who was second. It was uh, Julie. Julie. There's a chance Julie won immunity. Julie would vote at Jake. Julie would maybe pitch Jake as the number yeah. one. Um, and then maybe they would do Kelly as like a backup. Which means I wouldn't have three people anymore. <laughs> so uh, I like this turn of events. Uh, Kendra Kendra sort of agrees with Kelly here. She starts pitching Sifu to Drew. Drew is now sort of unsure about it. Um, Drew and Kendra talk about strategy. Drew thinks the vote should be Bruce. Drew, This is the point where Drew really acknowledges that Bruce is a big threat. and We should try to get out Bruce. Um Bruce and Kendra talk to each other about voting out Sifu. Bruce doesn't trust Kendra, and so he's thinking about playing his idol to make sure that he is safe. I really thought Bruce would play his idol. Me too. I, th- I thought I thought as well. He, he's got some big balls, Bruce has. Um, Tribal Council for Losers is what I wrote down. This I the- titled it, uh, No Jury for Gretchen Wieners. <laughs> Um, the, we can start with a conversation about trusting each other in a small group. Uh, Sifu pulls a Caleb. Everyone starts pulling these last minute pitches after the Caleb vote. There was the Caleb last minute pitch. There's now Sifu. Next episode's Jake. Everyone starts pulling out these last minute pitches. Well, because, and I like that. I like people trying to like do something about it. Yeah. Like you don't have to sit there at tribal and just be like, this is what it is. And like Jake, honestly, I think did a really great job. We'll talk about it in the next part of this but like Sifu was a terrible attempt at it not terrible an ineffective attempt at it bad it was bad <laughs> um but jake i think was fairly effective whether or not we don't know whether or not it actually affected the vote like if that was gonna happen or not mm-hmm. but like i like it go down swinging don't just sit there and be like Oh, well, I guess it's over. Speaking of getting Igor's vote, <laughs> Sifu pulls a Galeb. He calls out Bruce uh, being a big, safe threat. Uh, doesn't quite land, like you said. Doesn't quite land with no, everyone. I, Sifu I don't doesn't think he's know. wrong. Mm-hmm. I just think he misread the situation. If anything, it just sort of, I think, gives more credence to what Drew is already thinking about yeah. Bruce being a big threat. And that we should we should vote for Bruce. Bruce doesn't play his idol. Bruce gets one vote. That's Sifu. But Sifu goes home. He gets on five votes. Bruce, Emily, Kelly, Kendra, and Drew all vote at Sifu. Sifu is done here. And he is out of Survivor. Mm. We go to the Tribal Council. Do you have any thoughts on Sifu's run this season? 45. No. <laughs> Not really. Why bother? It really was like a why bother. Like he had a lot of like interesting snippets of like personality right interest like, out <laughs> emphasis on interesting but like in terms of gameplay it was really like a why bother type gameplay like the only time we ever saw like sifu being like an active player really was when he felt like jamiah wrote his name down and so then he got her out kind of kind of he only got her out because caleb because julie already wanted her out well, and also Caleb uh, voted 
Uh, well, Jay, Sifu wasn't really, hold on, Sifu really wasn't even, like, the vote there. It was really, like, Austin wanted Jay Maya out. That was the sandwich revenge. made it known that he would vote for her. Yes, that was a sandwich revenge arc, plus Sifu being like, I don't like Jay Maya, I want to vote her out. Plus everyone else, the, the Reba 4 really ones I would take for the Jay Maya vote. Plus, Jay Maya wouldn't have gone out to begin with if Caleb didn't play a shot in the dark and was successful. Yeah. Um. It really was, like, a why bother just like, oh, well. Yeah. Every time. Every time he thought his name was at the bottom, like, he just, oh, well. Yeah. He wouldn't really do anything about it. No. Uh, tribal Council for Winners. Do you have a name, fun name for this Tribal Council? Oh, it's you go, Glenn Coco, obviously. <laughs> of course. Four for you, Glenn Coco. You go, Glenn Coco. And none for Gretchen Wieners. Uh, they <laughs> talk about everyone... Uh, you know, like things are fine. They, everyone talks like, "Oh, yeah, everything's fine." It's sort of a mention of like a cold war a little bit. Like, yeah. uh, these this li- tribal lines between Bello and Lulu and and, and Reba here. Um, Caleb brings up his twelve votes again. We get another a little Austin smirk. Yeah, a little Austin smirk of, hmm, "That was me. Was it twelve? That me. <laughs> Only I shall know." Was uh, it me? And, uh, yeah, uh, you know, we get the vote, and it comes down to Caleb and Julie. Julie gets two votes, Jake and Caleb, but Caleb is one go home. He was only safe last episode. This time was still running out because Caleb is still a big threat. Four votes on Caleb, D, Julie, Austin, and Katora. That's the big one. Katora flipped. Which would she have flipped had she not been told about Bruce's idol, the fact that they had been lying to her? That's the ultimate question there. Because what motivation and like i feel like caleb should have seen that coming caleb's a better what player. motivation is katora gonna have to continue working with you when you're already on the outs you got unanimous votes the last tribal and somehow skated by she's already going against everyone to side with you and now you're gonna tell her that you've lied to her this whole time what motivation is she gonna have to keep working with you agreed she, she's Zero. already, and also you can make the argument that you know if you're if you recognize the person a little bit, she's already sort of an emotional player. She's voting for Bruce out of frustration and annoyance. Well, she and Bruce are playing a similar game. She just she's more sociable than he is. Yeah. Um. So yeah, Caleb goes home. Jake immediately, as he's saying goodbye to Caleb, immediately turns to Julie and says, "I voted for you. We can talk later." Um, I I admire the honesty. The honesty of yep, that was me. I'm not gonna hide behind because I think he recognizes too that Mama J doesn't play games. I mean, she plays it. She's playing this game, mm-hmm. but she's very direct. Yes, uh, I think she would. Re- I think he was hoping that she would respect that. Yeah. Um. So there we go. Caleb goes home. I'm very glad I took Caleb on my off my team. I mean. You got a warning shot. To be fair, you got like a big warning shot. Uh-huh. Of, Please <laughs> trade this man. Yeah. So uh, his time was numbered and here trade it was. Trade this player to another team. His number was called. Uh, Sifu and Caleb out of the team. Any thoughts on Caleb now that he's voted out? First member of the jury. Um, I think he's a great member of the jury. I'm glad he made the jury because I think Caleb's a great player, but like to, I think he, he falls into that trap of like that every really good post-merge player does of being good visibly (laughs) yeah visibly visibly good good in challenges good strategically great socially he he had a really hard time hiding it yeah um we've talked about it like plenty of times in previous episodes and previous seasons of the show survivor series like the, the the survivor is like 
everyone wants to make big moves, but big moves are dangerous. Like, Caleb hasn't really made, like, a big move. If anything, the big move this season for him was the, the safe idol shot in the dark. He just a lot of groupings. Yeah, everyone saw him as, like, a bit massive social threat who was very good in challenges, so everyone immediately saw him as a big threat. Like, and he did a big-time spot of saving himself from the shot in the dark, and that impressed no one, I guess, because everyone voted him out again. Um, like, being, being, it's the Gabler thing. Of Gabler won because he wasn't obvious, uh, Marianne won because she wasn't obvious. Obvious people go home. Which arguably, though, I think Marianne was more active, active, but intentional about hiding it. Yes. Gabler was just like, nobody's noticed me this whole game. I've been a champion, and nobody knew it. And I did it on purpose. And I did it on purpose. Marianne, like in the middle of the season, is like, yeah, I did that. But nobody's going to suspect me because I'm this happy little, like, tiny little girl who's just like, oh, I'm young and I'm fun. But nobody's going to suspect me. So mm-hmm. I'm going to make these moves. Mm-hmm. Like, there's active, like, moments throughout the season where Marianne's like, yeah, I'm going to do that. But nobody's going to expect it because it's me. Well, Gable, Gabler, to a certain extent, does have that where he's like, I'm actively deciding to lay low. Like, he, you're right. He's All not doing anything. All of his moments were, I'm actively deciding not to do anything. Yeah. His his argument not was, I won anything. because I didn't do anything. Like, which, which is the same argument Bruce has for not participating in a challenge. Which ultimately proves our point of what we're making here is that big moves are dangerous. Not doing anything is almost better. But, like, you can still make big moves. It's just, it's just like, not, like, Marianne, like, being like, I have cultivated this aura about me that people don't suspect me and also i'm gonna make these moves but i'm also gonna like she i forget what she did but it was like she had a fall guy for it yeah like she was like i'm gonna let this big big man take Mm -hmm. all the credit Mm -hmm. because he thinks it's his idea so okay yeah um i don't know i think yes big moves will will get you eliminated but uh, I think that the intentionality behind it is bigger, and I think Caleb could have done better at that. Yeah, I of, agree. Like intentionally letting other people be in the spotlight. Yeah, I agree. Like build up Bruce. Yeah. Stop. Like, like you know, you don't like Bruce, but build him up. Like, don't you don't have to be his biggest ally, but you can like. When he's telling you all this shit, encourage him and be like, yeah, Bruce, you know what? You're right. Yeah. You're right. This is all you, man. In hindsight, instead of the Bella squad saying that, oh, yeah, Bruce is not a leader. We just need him for numbers. Despite everyone thinking that he is the leader, they should Build be like, him up. They should be like, yeah, he's our leader. Vote him out. It's called a scapegoat, people. Mm-hmm. They weren't using him as a scapegoat. They, they were like, we need him for numbers. Instead yeah. of being like, we should vote him out because we don't need, because people want him out anyways. Yeah. Make sure we're in a position where we're not connected, we're connected to him, but he's the bigger threat. That they need to vote him out now and not like weaken him by voting out someone else. Yeah. Which I think Caleb could have done a better job of. But I'm glad he's on the jury because. He's going to be a great jury. He's going to be a great jury member. Um, MVP. Let's talk about MVP for this episode. I have a very clear MVP uh, for me. I think for me, it's very obvious. Um, but do you have anybody big cases? Um, maybe there's talks about maybe Drew, Kendra, uh, maybe for helping go about Sifu, but they were the team of losers. Uh, the winning team, there's D, Julie, Austin, and Katora. D and Kelly both won immunity. Um, I think 
D was really the forefront on the Caleb vote because Austin was at the time saying, I don't want to vote for Caleb. Uh, Jake and Katora, I would argue, were definitely not MVPs. I think part I, of me wants to say Kelly gets it because she tried really hard to give Bruce advice and it was like a really valiant effort. Yes. <laughs> she gets a, uh, she gets best she participation. She really tried. <laughs> but do you have a clear MVP? Is that your person? No. Or, or I, have, I, I have mine. We'll I kind of forget who I was going to pick because it's been so long. Um, who is yours? I have mine. We're going to say it at the same time, so oh, I need you to... So I got to... I got to pick up the pace a little bit. Well, okay. It's really just because I forget how this... Who I was going to... I should have written it down. Uh, yeah, I started writing it down because I was like, I need I need to know this. Um, Save time for the um, pod. Um, 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 oh, yeah. Folks at home... Jesse's not reading. She's not reading. She's not thinking. She's crocheting. She's crocheting a a sweater. I don't know. It's actually impressive the sweater she's making. It's and I'm making a sweater in my mind. (laughs) I'm not really crocheting. I'm just. She is. She is crocheting. Let it be. Let it be known. I don't know how to crochet. Okay. You have a person. (sighs) <sighs> Should it be Drew for leaving his bag at camp? Love that. Um, a lot of your MVP cases I've noticed are people who barely sarcasm. do the job right. <laughs> sarcasm. The sarcasm MVP. Sarcasm. We put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Yeah, sarcasm is the sarcasm is when you um, do so much sarcasm that you've now created a hole for yourself, much like you are in right now. You're in the sarcasm. Is that a fun joke? I don't really have one. All right. You said it's obvious, but like it now might, for me, for me, it's obvious. Okay. Ready? <laughs> okay. You have to say someone. Three, two, one. D. D. It's obvious. It's D. Yeah. D, I almost picked up D. I should have picked up D. D wins immunity challenge. She has a great way to win it. She also wins it for the the reward challenge of getting going to sanctuary. She's the one that orchestrates really the Caleb vote. Austin, at one point, if she went with Austin, they wouldn't have voted for Caleb. They would have voted for, I don't know, Jake or something. Um, from State Farm? From State Farm. Um, he's got... Is he wearing khakis? I feel like he's wearing khakis. He would wear khakis. Um, I want to hear Jake say the words, I'm wearing khakis. Yeah. It's Boston accent. I'm wearing, I'm wearing ca- khakis. khakis. Um, and she's the one that really orchestrates the Caleb vote and, gets, and she gets Caleb out. I think she's undoubtedly the MVP of episode seven. Yeah. Um, points. Jess, walk us through it. Um, well, I, you know, I wrote down the point totals. I did not write down what they got points for. Oh, that's okay. That's so okay. So we're going to real quick stall for a second. Um, okay. So I have on my team, Drew, Katora, and Jake. You have Julie, Kelly, and Austin. So Drew got three points for surviving the week. Uh, Jake got... Eight points for, I believe, surviving the week and sanctuary. Uh, maybe? maybe a sanctuary. Maybe winning a winning uh, group award. Group award, yeah. Um, and Katura on my team got thirteen points. She won a group award. Set a curse word. Can always rely on her for that. Uh, and survive the week. Three points. So right. so thirteen. So team, I got twenty four. Team total twenty four points. Yeah. Ryan, you got Julie. So you got. Eight points. She won the group award and survived the week. You got Austin with eight points, who also won a group award and survived the week. And you got Kelly 
with one individual immunity for 15 points and survived the week for three. So 18 points. So you got 34. What was it? Eight, 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 and 15? Eight, eight, and 18. 18 was Kelly. Mm hmm. All right. So I got three, 13, and eight. And none so of I'm... us had D, so no one gets the bonus yeah. 10 points there. Uh, so yeah, okay, so you got 24 points this episode, episode 7, I got 34 points, that brings our total of 257 plus 24, where'd my phone go, where'd my calculator go? Uh, uh 281. 281. And then, I am your calculator. Thank you, and then 220 plus 34 is 254, okay. that's a point difference right now, uh, of 27 points, before it was 37 uh, and now it's 27. So, so I've, I'm in the lead with 20. You're in the lead. You're in the lead by two, eight, was it? 281 to 254. You're ahead of me by 27 points. Um, and I don't think I make much ground before I lose another player for episode eight. Um, it's been about an hour, I think, of recording. We'll take a quick, uh, intermission real quick. Check on our babies who were left out in the other room. And we'll be right back for part two. Here's some music. Welcome back, everybody, and welcome to intermission of season 45, episode 8. We're now talking about following a dead horse to water. We're talking following the loser tribal. Everyone said Sifu was hard to vote for. I doubt it. Uh, Drew loves Emily's help uh, and doesn't want Bruce to have any symbolic victories. Again, mm. we're continuing the thread of Drew not wanting Bruce, seeing him as a big threat. It's really Drew versus Bruce in a weird way now. Um, and he's really appreciating Emily's help. Um, the winners arrive, and they, everyone notices that Caleb is now gone. Um, Jake said he was really reckless in his voting, and he shouldn't have done it the way he did. Uh, I think we, based on the last <laughs> episode 7 review, I think we both agree that he was a little reckless. Um, Bruce is sort of awkward and a little upset with Jake, uh, upset that he started voting emotionally and not logically, and Jake kind of agrees says the guy who has been voting emotionally i feel like this whole game of Maybe. like bruce hasn't really voted has bruce really gone after anybody yet i'm trying to think no but he like anytime somebody writes his, like he's like he is i feel like an emotional player mm -hmm. i feel like all of his decisions hinge on like the emotion of it and not necessarily the logic of it that might be fair because he's like constantly mad at katora yeah he thinks he's logical but he's also incredibly paranoid yeah uh which makes him more emotion vote emotionally but yeah. he doesn't really make he hasn't really feel like he's made big moves yet for a reason <clears throat> uh other yeah, than maybe he's just jealous yeah bruce jealous well he's jealous of caleb for being social <laughs> no one so talking he's probably to him. jealous of of Jake for trying to do his own thing. Mm -hmm. Jake trying to take control of a situation. Yeah, because Bruce is the leader. He has to be in control of yeah. it all. It's like, yeah, should he have just gone with the group? Maybe. But at the same time, why always go with the group? It's, uh, we'll talk about it more, but it really sets up his conversation at the end of this episode in the Trap yeah. Council. Uh, Julie and Jake talk uh, sort of about how that vote went down. Uh, and Julie just sort of responds, yeah, I want Jake out now. Um... Realizes the line was drawn between Bella and Reba when she sort of realizes that, like, okay, you want to work with me up until your people start want to start getting voted out. Which is So that fair. a line is being, you're actively drawing a line between you and me. So, all right, we can't work together then. Yeah. 
which is which is again what we love about Mama J. She knows the facts, sticks to them, and goes straight down the barrel uh, with everybody. So I love Mama J. Um, a straight shooter. Um, New Day. Um, the women realize they are in the majority, six to four. Um, they have a majority here. Uh, Julie and Kendra are down with the Women's Majority Alliance, uh, but they also continue, uh, or essentially, Julie and D are down with the, uh, sorry, Julie and Kendra are down with it, but Julie recognizes that she still wants to work with Drew, D, and Austin in that Reba 4. So she's sort of flirting the line between Women's Alliance and Reba 4 here a little bit. Which honestly, like, you can do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the power position is right there, calling your name. Yeah. And I think uh I don't know. I honestly don't know if Emily should have told Drew about the women's alliance. We'll get to that in a moment. Uh you kind of just let them both exist. Yeah. The women all agree that uh who's the biggest threat? Bruce. Bruce sort of scares them and they want Bruce out. However, We'll get to that. A boat <laughs> arrives. A boat arrives. A table arrives, sort of scaring everybody. And it's revealed that the Survivor auction is back after nearly 10 seasons or however it's been. I think you said 2013 or whatever was the last time the Survivor auction was around. It got uh, canceled because of how things were being <laughs> worked on that the, those auctions. Uh, it kind of really fell apart. But it's finally returned, and they got a lot of changes. We'll talk about that in a moment. But one of the big changes is uh, not everyone's coming in with the same amount of money. Uh, they have to now uh, find money in bamboo tubes all around the forest. I think they said there were 40 bamboo tubes. Uh, everyone starts running. Everyone bolts. Everyone, except for Bruce. Bruce, <laughs> Bruce just sort of like, yeah, I'm just going to get my shoes on, take my time, Look start walking. Look at all these young guys. Look at all these youngins. Run into the woods. Meanwhile, Julie, two years older than Bruce, is bolting, moving her ass to try to get make sure she has money, yeah. a, a, a spot in this it's game. It's just excuses with Bruce. It's just excuses. I started thinking to myself, because Bruce really like talked to a bunch of people about, like, how many do you have? Oh, I got four, five, six. Uh, I got nothing. It started. I started to get this impression of, like, is Bruce trying to, like, curry sympathy of, like, people wanting to work with him? Like, maybe he's not... A big threat, because Bruce got nothing. Oh, okay, yeah, Bruce, I'll give you one of my tubes. I got seven. I don't need another one. Like you know, like you know what I mean. Like what's what's the intention with Bruce? Why is he is he just being lazy, or is there some sort of thought with I don't what even Bruce think is it's doing? Lazy. I think it's just like he just is like, what's the point? I don't which know. Is like, which is like, what's the point of you being here then? <laughs> what's the point? It's survivor. I think it's less laziness. I think it's more of um, not pessimism. What's the word? Nihilism mm-hmm. of like, what's the point in all this? Like, well, Bruce, then why are you here? Why bother? Indeed. Uh, joining us is everyone else in camp. They're sort of astounded by Bruce's lack of effort. Um, uh, and then they start open up their tubes. They all realize that the tubes have various amounts of money. Um, everyone has various amounts of money. Bruce ends up having like $80 cause he finds one tube. Whereas D had like $900. Um, so they're all, they're all packing heat as they get into the auction. We get the new updates. Of course, the number one update was the money and how they collect money at the top. Um, there are no advantages 
in the auction anymore. You can't save up your money to try to, you know, spend it all on one advantage to try to help you in the game. It's just going to be food to help them out here. Um, there are also only 15 items up for auction with the first five being guaranteed items. The difference here is that Jeff will put his hand in a bag, pull out a random number, and whatever number he picks, that's the last item to be auctioned out. So six and to five. do you think he's going to smile maniacally every time he pulls the number out? Oh, yeah. try and trick him? Because he definitely did, like, hmm. Yes, this was a very big maniacal episode for Jeff's Probst. Jeff Probst here. Um, so really, six is also a guaranteed spot. But uh, 6 to 15 are random ends, basically, to Tribal Council. So you want to have money. You want to have not enough money, and you could just randomly lose at any point. At the end of the auction, whoever has the most money left over will lose their vote for the upcoming um, Tribal Council. Jesse, you haven't really seen previous auctions, but knowing that everyone gets the same amount of money, there used to be advantages, idols, or whatever that you could bid on, and uh, you wouldn't lose your vote if you had money left over. Um, what do you think about this new Survivor auction rules? Well, I like it because I think it's like, what's the point in bidding on things if everyone's going to save? If they all have the same amount of money and you know that there's an idol, right? Mm -hmm. Or an advantage. What's the point in bidding on things if you're just all going to get to the end to try and bid on the advantage, but everyone has the same amount of money, so who's going to win? Yeah. So, I don't know. I like this, because I think you were saying, you mentioned when we were watching, that, like, does the whole not having the most money at the end thing negate people trying in the beginning? Like, does it encourage people like Bruce? But Bruce ends up losing. Yes. So, I think the idea is that th this is a good way to balance the motivation to have buying power, but also the motivation to spend your money. Yes. Because if you don't have buying power like Bruce, you won't win any bids yes, until everyone's out of money. I don't think And Bruce, there's no guarantee that you're going to get a bid, a chance to bid once everyone's out of money, which happened to Bruce. I don't think Bruce bid once this entire episode because every single bid was over $100. Yeah. Initially. And by the time he had the most money and was able to win a bid, it, it was over. Yeah. So it's going to discourage people being like Bruce and maybe they won't be like D and get $900, mm -hmm. but they're going to try and at least find somewhere in like the three to $400 range. Yeah. I think ultimately like you're right. I think it's going to try If they continue this auction without changing anything. I think ultimately what it's going to do is just sort of, instead of having big 900 to $80 margins, it's going to make everything closer to the middle of, okay, I only want three to four bamboo tubes. I don't want any more than that. I want some buying power. I don't want a lot of buying power um, yeah. to try to save my butt there. It's going to be interesting to see the next couple of seasons of once people get a hang of the game. I think the thing about the tubes not having the same amount of money is future-proofing this game. Yeah. So that people can't be like, oh, I only want four tubes because that's $400. Yeah. Right? So, like, because then you'll end up with everyone having the same buying power, which is the problem before. So the fact that they all have different amounts or varying amounts in them, yeah. I think is try they're trying to future-proof of once people get the hang of this, they're only going to start looking for about three or four, or they're going to try and get one or two more tubes than everybody else. So... Let's make them all different amounts so that no one can guarantee how much money they have until they open them. Yeah. Which I think is a good future proof. I think that's a good mechanic for 
trying to make sure people have different amounts of money. Yeah. They are, I'm interested to see how it goes once they all have closer amounts of money. Mm-hmm. But um, I think that that mechanic definitely yeah. helps avoid the situation where everyone goes in with the same amount of money. I think ultimately it'll, it'll make it to a point where like everyone's maybe off by like, there's is there a $50 difference, yeah. $100 difference between everybody instead of hundreds of and dollars. I, yeah, and I'm interested to see how the bidding Changes. goes. I agree. That. I agree. Um, I have all the items written down. Who won them and how much they want it for? Are you ready to strap in, Jess? Yeah. If you have any thoughts on any of these, let uh, let us know. Item one: pretzels and beer. Winner: Kendra, three hundred sixty dollars. I should say, like Kendra, starting off here, a lot of people just put all of their money on one item. Which again, I think will change as people have similar amounts of money. Mm-hmm. I think right now it's there are people that are like, oh, I have so much money. D has 900. I need to drop it yes. quick. Mm-hmm. But once people have like 360, 340. They'll start 300... saving money. Yeah. I think people are going to try and, I think there's going to be a little more strategy in the bidding. Yeah. I think this, they know they're the guinea pigs. They know that the one thing they can only think about is not having the most money at the end. Yeah. So like they're just going to drop all their money. If you're D, who will be item four, she has $900. She can basically just pick what she wants. Yeah. Um, and we'll see how that goes. <laughs> item two, fries, Coke, and a ketchup. Uh, winner is Kelly with $500. Item three, it's covered. Uh, Emily votes, gets it for $440. She's very nervous. It's bat soup. It turns out to be wine and a charcuterie board. Honestly, the way that Emily reacted to that, I even without being on a deserted island for 20 something days i think I 16 maybe 16, at this point i would have reacted the same exact way that the the meat flowers yeah looked so good and yes. the, the glass of wine looks so i don't like white wine i would have drunk the shit out of that right white wine it looks so crisp yeah and cool like oh that was just that was the perfect reaction to it, that if I recall correctly as Beautiful well. Beautiful charcuterie board. Well done, our department. I'm not entirely positive on this because I didn't write it down. And props department. There was an episode a couple episodes ago where a bunch of people were talking about all the food that they wanted to eat. And if I recall correctly, one of the foods Emily wanted to eat was a charcuterie board. Do you think that that fueled some of these, like inspired some of these? Maybe. Because like, I think Austin's, I think, Austin's, I think, was like a pizza or something. And I think Kelly said something about a margarita. Yes. So yeah. I think that they took that... Because they wanted people to bid on them. Yeah. Uh, but ironically, the ones that people mentioned were the ones that were covered. Yeah. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. There's, well, not all of them, but we'll get to that. Well, uh, the ones that people said yes. they really wanted, like and the charcuterie board, the pizza, and the margarita were the covered ones. Not all of them, but we'll get to that. The three of those were, were all covered. They well, Oh, no, the pizza wasn't. Pizza wasn't, and the margarita wasn't. No, it was. Oh, it was covered. Oh, I, I didn't write that down then. My was apologies. It? Because uh, Kelly bid on it not knowing what it was. No, Kelly Kelly was in the lead and had the most money, and she she bid on it before Jeff removed it. I don't think it was going to be covered, um, but Jeff Jeff didn't even get a chance to remove it. He just placed it, and and Ke- Kelly, who had $200 the most at that point, was like, I'm getting it. Well, because they had... <laughs> I hope it's a margarita. They had time to be like... Kendra was like, it's a margarita. Or Emily was like, I definitely think that's a margarita. 100% chance. Oh, because Je- Jeff was like moving it up and was mm. like, oh, okay. Um, so yeah, item two, fries, Coke, ketchup, winner, Kelly, $500. Item three, cover the wine and the charcuterie board to Emily. Item four, D puts all of her money, $900 on a chocolate milkshake. Item five, it's covered... Or 
Uh, it's covered. The winner of that is Katora for 480, but she's worried it's something bad, so she gets the opportunity to trade it. Uh, she ends up, uh, I think she gives it up. Or no, she, she doesn't trade. She continues with the thing that she originally purchased and it's revealed it's two ginormous fish eyes. She licks it and says, nope, I'm done. I'm giving it up. Austin then takes it for $100. He takes... Oh, I can't relive this moment. He takes $100 and really... He slurps it. Slurps it. Takes a big old crunch. Oh, it's wet. It's, it's dripping. <laughs> it's disgusting. But I appreciate Austin for the commitment. I appreciate the commitment. Moving on. I have this image, and it's just like what slurping the eye piece of eyeball into his mouth and holding just like an oozing. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't don't gag. People listen to this. Don't do that. Uh, they then they then put the traded possible trade item up for grabs as item six. This is also covered. Uh, Drew gets it for $520. It's just a bowl of candy. Drew tries to argue with Jeff of like, hey, I'm willing to negotiate. Or, or Jeff's, nope. Jeff's like, nope. Uh, that's a previous thing that Jeff used to do, but I think because it was a trade, Jeff was like, no, we're not doing that. Item seven, a pepperoni pizza. Austin gets it for $600. Definitely better than two fish eyes. Uh, item eight, Julie gets it for $420. It's a toothbrush, toothpaste, and a mouthwash. Not entirely food, but hey, a clean mouth is something to strive for, I guess, on day 16. Item nine, uh, it's the winner gets it for Jake for $340, but it has to be shared by three people. He shares it with Julie and Bruce, and it happens to be a chocolate cake. Um, Bruce. What is he doing? He is taking the tiniest he bites. Little pinches. Little pinches. He cuts Julie, with his finger and just takes little pinches. Julie and, and Jake, which I feel bad for Julie, because this probably tastes like a mint chocolate cake, so that's good, maybe, actually. Yeah. Um, they're but, just taking gloves. But that was a nice move for Jake to, to offer that to her, and also because she didn't have any food yep. in this auction. Uh, which is, I think it's a good move on Jake. Good gentleman's move by Jake. They just take globs of the food. Bruce, he's like, is anyone else hungry? And Bruce is like, always. And he's like, okay, Bruce, come up here. Everyone, Jake and Julie just start globbing up chocolate cake mounds. Bruce just takes his two fingers. He starts cutting the cake as a, like a knife with one finger and then taking like, just with like chopstick fingers, tiny bites and just putting it in his mouth. And it's like, what the hell, Bruce? What are you doing? Why do you go up here? Why offer to go up there? I would have honestly offered it to Katora, who had to lick a fish eye. I agree. She so, didn't have. She didn't have any food. She only had the fish eye. Yeah, I would have offered it to Katora to get that taste out of her mouth because she probably would have done better at eating the chocolate cake mm-hmm. than Bruce. Mm-hmm. Just because Bruce seems to just do everything in the smallest way possible. And it would have helped having <laughs> Katora back on your side, maybe, and be like, "All right, here's a chocolate cake." Um, no one would have upset about that, but, uh, Jake yeah. couldn't make a decision fast enough, so he just went with Bruce. Be I would, awesome. yeah, I totally would have picked the person who had to lick a fish eye, so. Item 10, as we already said, Kelly gets it for $200 before anyone realizes what it is. It's margarita, chips, and a PB&J. That, however, was the last item, meaning that Bruce now has the most amount of money. He came in with the least amount of money, but because he couldn't vote on, he couldn't bet on anything... He yeah, loses his vote. He loses his vote. So if he was not lazy beforehand, uh, he wouldn't maybe have lost his vote here. So that's an interesting dilemma for the auction moving forward. Yeah, which I think I think now that they know all the terms, like that is not going to happen as much because I think everyone's going to see what happened to Bruce of like you 
I think... I think people are either going to strategize of getting middle of the road or a bu- as much money as possible. So that you can just spend all your money right away. On whatever you want. Um, and I think not guaranteeing how many things there are is a motivator for people to not do it's almost good to it's almost good to either be middle of the road or have all the money in the world because if you have all the money in the world you, you have know a chance to get rid of it you and you have the, f- the five chances at the very least maybe six really to get rid of it so uh so if it's like you see what it is you're like okay that's the thing i want and you can just get rid of it your money right in one yeah. go so it's either have the most money or middle of the pack which if bruce played more then we'll see we would see how that happens yeah moving on post auction kendra says or believes the auction was a success um she talks about how the beer meant meant so much to her she said it was for her father and she shares a story a very emotional story about her adopted father finding out she her living with the life of thinking her adopted father was her real father turning out it wasn't and at the age of 18 finding her actual dad uh getting the call and having a very emotional moment and talks about their relationship today about how they're one of the best of friends today um so very emotional moment for kendra here um we move on to emily emily likes the women's alliance but um more so enjoys working with austin and drew emily then decides to tell drew about the women's alliance uh says jake and bruce are the women's alliance targets and drew sort of sees value in the women's alliance he likes this idea where we talked about before about julie and d had the option of being sort of in the power position Drew, now knowing about it, is like, oh, wait, I can sort of use the Women's Alliance as a sort of uh, shield, as a sort of group of people that are like, oh, they're majority, they are in the control, but also Emily, D, and Julie are still in control. He likes them being in control. Yeah. He is sort of making their power position spot and making it like, oh, I'm really in control of their power position. Yeah. It's a great move for him. But was it a great move for Emily? Because you are in a power position of like you, D, and Julie – also have an alliance with Austin and Drew. Should you not just let the two exist? Like, granted, yeah, Austin and Drew will probably want to know about that. Sure. But, like, at the same time, by going to Drew, yeah, you solidify your alliance with Drew, but now you've put all the power in Drew's hands. Yeah. You, Before, you, you were in a power position with, with Dee and Julie where you guys were riding the line between two alliances. Mm-hmm. She gave up the power I position. Think she gave to, it up. Yeah. Yeah. To I don't know. to strategize more of Drew and Austin and put them into it. I I completely agree with what you're saying. I think it's a better move for them at this point in the game. It's becoming more individualized by bringing Drew back in. He already has a lot of power. Drew and Austin have a lot of power that people don't realize. Um, and yeah, and she just gave him more power. But yeah, she solidified her position with him. But like, at the it was already time. solidified though. Like yeah. all, Drew was already like, yeah, I like working with Emily. I'm glad she's working with us. I want to work with yeah. her more. And I think that maybe just was a little bit insecurity. Yes, maybe. I agree. I, I completely agree. I think that was Emily's insecurity stepping up. Yeah, but I think like, don't give up that power position. But she has now because mm-hmm. now, like we're about to see, Drew uses that. To get his agenda through. Because he now knows that Bruce is a target for the Women's Alliance. Katora talks with Drew, Austin, Julie, three of the members of Reba 4. Um, 
And they're talking about who they should vote for. Katora's like, well, who should we vote for? And Drew, fantastic play here, knowing that there's a women alliance, knowing that they're voting for Bruce, knowing Katora and her feelings about Bruce. It's just sort of like, well, I think Katora, and I think you know, as a member of, as a matter of good faith, I think we'll allow you, and we'll just go with whatever you pick, knowing exactly who she's going to pick. And she says, I think we should go for Bruce, someone that Drew knows she's going to vote for, know the Women's Alliance is going to vote for. Uh, he himself wants out in this game, so he's like, great, that's a great idea. I let's let's you're right, let's go with Katora here. It's Katora's idea, right, everybody. Yeah. Fantastic strategic and social gameplay by Drew. I he is so good at this game, and nobody seems to know it. No one seems to see catch it at all as a threat. I think Drew right now is the best chance of winning. Someone has to pick this up, and it's got to be like D or Julie uh, that have to break away. That that's the only way I can see this happening. Uh, maybe Emily, but I, I really don't know. Drew is so powerful. He is so good at this because that so subtle of a move. Yeah. Uh, to allow basically Katora to take the blame if Bruce gets voted out here. But also to make her feel like she's in control. Because exactly. how many people want to be told, well, we're going to go for this person, even if it's the person you want. Yeah. People like Jake who are like, well, I want to make a move. I want to be in control. Yeah. Everyone wants to be in control, but being in control means you also give the responsibility. Great power With great power comes great responsibility, I believe. A dying uncle said that once. Uh, we get to the immunity challenge. Uh, basically, this one is that you have to hold onto a piece of rope that's holding a basically one third of your pre-game body weight. The longest hold of that rope wins. But before the challenge starts, Jeffer, Jeff, Jeffer, Jeff Jeffer. offers everybody a bag of rice, and he wants four people to give up their spot for immunity. Uh, instead, they get a bag of rice to the camp. D and Emily both say, "Okay, we'll sit out." And Jeff and Katora is like on the line. She's like, I don't really know. No one else is really doing it. Jeff's, I thought this is fantastic. So overly dramatic. Jeff says, fine, you know what? I'll help you out. He pulls out this big knife. Like, that's not a knife. I can't do an Australian accent. He stabs the bag of rice and it begins to pour out. Just Everyone's just like, huh? Wait, what? Everyone just start realizing what's happening in that moment. And That was like perfect villain moment. Yes. Like the Jeff has, it seems like Jeff has always wanted to do this. Jeff always wanted to do this. Of course he is. That's like, or not even villain move, moment, like in the movies where they're like, where the hero does something stupid. Maybe people are like, what the heck are you doing? But it like works. He's like, and you know, like cutting the rope and they're like, what are you doing? Yeah. To get people to motivate to do things. But like, he- I also think there's a moment, there's a psych moment where uh, in the yin yang episode, Sean gets the call from the serial killer and he's like looking around for the person on the phone trying to find him. Instead of answering the phone, he throws it and they're like, what are you doing? And he like basically is gambling on it. And that that felt like a very like (laughs) that felt like Jeff just being like, screw it. You know what? I'm going to gamble with this. Pulls out a knife, stabs bag. What the heck? He turns the bag of rice into a timer. Drew is the only one that like says anything. It's like he's like, "Wait, what's what's happening?" And he's like, and Jeff just looks at the bag of rice and, the, and it's pouring out. And he's like, "Well, that's your bag of rice and it's pouring out." And they and D, Drew immediately is like, "All right, I'm sitting out. Someone, anybody else, anybody else." And they're all like, Ooh. And "Drew's like, come on, people." <laughs> and Katora finally decides to sit out after waiting a little bit. So D, Emily, Drew, and Katora all sit out, giving up their immunity spot. Um, Which ironically are the four people. For the people in this um, conversation about who they want to go home. 
Or no, uh, I believe it was only D was not at it. It was just Emily. Emily oh, wasn't right. It was well, Drew, Emily's Austin, in that and alliance with Drew and Austin. And yes, but they know. So they all know. It's about like it. all this this group. It's the Reba four now five plus Katora who had the conversation with the Reba yeah. four. So like, they don't need they don't need it. They don't need it, and 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 which Jake brings up later. Um, we get to the actual challenge. Everyone survives the you know phase one, two, and three where they're changing the ropes, changing their hands. Uh, except Kelly immediately messes up at the phase three shift. Uh, Kentra drops as well. We shift to phase four. Austin, Jake, and Julie all drop, which means Bruce wins. Yep. Time. I, I wrote down time to scramble. Yeah. Uh, I wrote down right before Jake dropped. Uh, Jake is really susceptible to Jeff's heckling. Might not go well for him. Then immediately Jeff says something, and Jake tries to respond, and he drops. Yeah, he's like, <laughs> he's like, thanks, Jeff, and then drops. <laughs> so. Uh. Oh, uh, Mama J was so close. Yes, it was last two were Julie and Bruce. She's very close to winning. Bruce just uh, held out strong. Yeah. We are going to talk about real quick, though, how uh, anytime Jeff says, I'm really impressed, we've made it this far and no one's dropped, that's code to the game designers, like, make this harder, right? Yeah. <laughs> I think I think if you want to make this a little harder, instead of 130, you have of the pregame, pregame stuff. Because they made it to three phases of this, and they yeah. only had four, really five. Well, really four, actually phases before people started dropping we have to make it possible for them to to do at the last phase they probably did the heaviest weight that they could handle Mm -hmm. at the last phase yeah maybe instead of one i think the phases have there have to be like less phases i think there has to be more of a dramatic shift maybe maybe yeah um so yeah bruce wins um he gives a little speech about how uh we don't really know about Bruce's backstory in any capacity here, but he sort of talks about how the color yellow was really emblematic of his daughter. He speaks to her every day. You know, he has a very close Makes relationship. You think that his, is his daughter dead? But then you look it up. No, she's just at college. Yeah, Sid's strength. It, it was a lot of things of like, I speak to her every day, which it was like, that Maybe like very, three games. Yeah, talks but that, to her every day. But he says that in very present tense thing. He said Sid's strength. It was the color yellow. I'm sitting here thinking. Is Bruce's, did Bruce's daughter die of cancer? Is that what happened? Like Sid's strength, breast cancer, not breast cancer, but just cancer is the re- yellow color. And I was confused, and it turns out, no, it's, his daughter's just in college. So I, I, I guess that's good. Um, uh, later, after commercial, everyone is upset Bruce won, because of course they are, because Bruce was the vote, and now it's just ruined everything. Um, Emily, Kelly, Kendra talk about Jake as the vote, but thinks Bruce can play an idol for Jake, actually. They think it's why possible. Would he, why would he do that? I don't think Bruce would ever play an idol for anybody. Uh, Kelly thinks uh, votes will go on her because of the Bruce closeness. She realizes I'm. people see me as close to Bruce. Bruce keeps telling me, oh, you're my number one, you're my number one. They're like, okay, if we can't vote out Bruce, let's vote out someone who's close to Bruce to sort of weaken him. Um, which kind of is the plan with Jake. Which is kind of the plan of Jake, but then they just sort of put out Kelly as there as well. Uh, Jake, read through. Jake, talk about this, Jess. Jake reads through some BS and looks starts looking for an idol. He has a conver- Jake has a conversation with Emily and Kelly. I want to say about um, well, who do you want to vote for, Jake? And Jake's like, I don't know. Whatever will keep me safe. And he just starts saying to the camera of like. Yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> this this is real BS. They want me to be a fall guy. I know what they're trying to do. I'm not going to do their game. And the, and it's just a very awkward conversation that doesn't go anywhere because they're trying to convince 
ultimately they're like trying to convince Jake to not play a shot in the dark. Yeah. But they don't have a reason they, to not play a shot in the they dark. They literally say, yeah, just don't play your shot in the dark. It's like, we don't know why, but don't play your shot. We don't have a person to, to tell you, but just mm-hmm. maybe don't play your shot in the dark. Yeah. Terrible. How about, how about you like don't play it? Terrible gameplay from Emily and Kelly here. Terrible yeah. gameplay. It was like, what are you guys doing? This is this is terrible gameplay here. So he starts looking for an idol. Um, we don't know. We don't get the idea. I don't think he found anything. Uh, and this is where really, you know, Kelly thinks that votes will go on her, but this is really the moment where things, the tr- tide starts turning. Drew, instead of pitching for Jake, because they everyone's realizing Jake is, you know, looking for an idol, he might find something, we need a backup person. Drew pitches, let's vote Kelly. Um, she, a lot of people like her, a lot of people want to work with her, she's close to Bruce, there are a lot of ways to maybe hurt Bruce in this capacity, if it's not Jake, what if we vote out Kelly? He says this to the Reba Five. Um, the girls, uh, D, Emily, Julie, Julie was like, oh, I really want Jake, but you know, whatever we, it ha- needs to happen. And D sort of says, you know, we're going to all going to think about it. Um, it doesn't, so it doesn't quite land, but the girls are like, let's, let's think about it. Should we vote out Jake? Should we vote out Kelly? Um, and then we get to tribal council, uh, tribal council. We had some rice negotiation talks, but it ultimately doesn't matter because, uh, Jake, gets flustered for a real long time, which is kind of confusing why they showed all of it, but he gets real flustered, and he says, you know what, I'm just going to make a pitch instead. And Jake is really thinking through what he's trying to say. I don't think he's... Well, maybe he is nailing it because he doesn't go home, but he's really thinking through what he's trying to say, and his big pitch is, I don't understand why people might want to dogpile votes on me. There have been a lot of dogpiling on votes. Look at the Caleb vote. Where he made, where he was safe in the shot in the dark. He's like, I don't understand why there's a lot of dogpiling on votes. And he said at one point, it's shocking how many people think they are safe in this game, and they are part of the majority alliance. He's like, he's like, it doesn't make any sense. He was really talking about how like that's not how Survivor should go. You're not, not everyone is safe. And like, why are you always letting the same people run these votes? Mm-hmm. Why do you go with the majority? Why not make your own move? Yes. Which I think is a fair point. I think, honestly, and this is what we were talking about earlier, is, like, people not fighting back. I think Jake is actively fighting back. There's a, everyone's going for the safe vote. Instead of being, like... I want to be... I want to be. It's the thing we talked about last time we... Last season we recorded. It's the thing of... I'm sorry to interrupt, Beanie. Um, it's the thing of... Uh, um, Apologizes, but still does it. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I did interrupt you, so... Um, <laughs> it's, it's the thing of... Everyone wants to be on the side of the vote, but why does that matter? It sucks when you're the one person not on the side of the vote, but if it's like an even split, yeah. who cares? It's you're on the right side of the vote because you're choosing to be. Yeah. On the majority. But like let me get my she's, sitting position. She's here. getting on her high horse. <laughs> um and, and I think he does an effective job of not putting his foot in his mouth like some people do, where they're like, they do the same thing except they do it wrong, where they're like, but this person over here. Like calling a person out because all that's gonna do is get people to fight you back. Mm-hmm. Instead, he's vague about it and he's like, just in general, why are we all just allowing for certain people to run the vote? Yeah, you're on the right side of the vote, but you're on the right side of the vote because three of you decided that you don't wanna be on the wrong side of the vote. Instead of not doing your own thing, you just go with this group. And what happens if you dogpile on me and I have an idol? And the way that he oh, trips mass- up. I don't know if he's a feeder kid or I whatever. Think he, but did it, he definitely did it on purpose because he doesn't have an idol. He said, if I pull out my, I, I mean, 
if I pull out an idol or a shot in the dark or something and play that and I'm safe, then, you know, someone person's going home. Then maybe one vote, then maybe they're actually splitting the votes and you're going home or I decide, you know? Yeah. And I think that's a great point from Jake of like, and I'm tired of it too, of everyone just deciding, oh, well, three people have decided this, so let's go. But like, let's do something here Mm -hmm. because yes, it's either going to be that group might be splitting the vote and you don't know it and you are the target. Mm -hmm. You are the backup. Or like he said, if you all do go with it and I am safe and I pick one person, they're gone. Like that's what happened last time. This could happen this time. So stop letting the same people. And I think the thing is too, people have just accepted how much power Drew and Austin, D and Julie have instead of trying to break up this group they're just because they don't accept- realize they don't realize. I, th- right. I don't. Th- I think they accepted, but I don't think they truly realize how much power they. They're have. just letting people run this game, mm-hmm. and I think Drew or Jake did a really good job of like being like, I might be going home, but like you should be mad about it. You yes. should be mad about how easy this is for people to just dogpile votes. Yes. Play the game. Yes. Get in it. Trip people up. Mess up people's votes. Yeah. Do your own thing. Don't, Make tribal chaos. If, if you if you think you're playing the safe vote and voting the majority, you should not be in that position. You should be fighting to vote yeah. out someone you like, actually want to vote if for. You, beca- yeah. you should be fighting for someone you actually want to vote for because if you're playing the safe vote, then you actually might be the next person that goes home. Or if the week after that. If you're or the person week after that. saying, I just want to be on the right side of the vote, you're not playing you the game. Are, you are actively a person that is not playing the game, but also... You're in the minority. Mm-hmm. You are, like you said, gonna probably gonna be on the bottom next time. So it's time for you to step up and do something else. Which the irony of this, this all is that Jake d- doesn't get the dog pile of votes. In fact, people start playing the game, but it's the people. Either that, or they had already decided to split the well, votes. Well, yes, but my point here being is people are already playing the game, and it's the people who are already in control. We get a big move. Jake plays a shot in the dark. He's not safe. Ultimately, Jake gets three votes on him, and Kelly gets five. The Reba five all decided, yep, let's vote out Kelly. They make a big move, a big shocking move. Kelly was really upset about this, really surprised. Jake ended up being correct. He said, don't dogpile. You you shouldn't be in the safe spot. He's really speaking to Kelly, Katora, Kendra, being like, look, you guys are going to be next. If you're just going to be part of this vote Jake thing, you either are on the wrong side of the vote actually, and and, in this Reba 5 are all playing you, or they're just going to pick you off one by one after this. And it turns out, yes, Kelly thought she was safe, got on the wrong side of the vote, and went home for it. And and that's exactly what, like, they split the vote. They let those three people believe they were voting Jake, and they split the vote on Kelly Mm -hmm. in case Jake pulled out an idol. And she's oblivious. And Kendra was shocked by it. Yeah. And I think Kendra shouldn't have been shocked by it because it's exactly what Jake was saying. Is like, if you think I'm just going with majority because I want to be on the right side of the vote, you are being used. Yeah. You are actively being used by a group of powerful people. And you could be next, like Kelly. Yeah. And I think it was a wake-up call for Kendra. It's probably a wake-up call for Katora. I hope it's a wake-up call for other people. But it's, I mean, yeah, Kelly, Kendra, or sorry, Kendra, Katora, Jake, and Bruce. They're a major- They're in the minority against the Reba Five. What do they got to do now? They have to sway someone over to to break up that group. Who do you break o- break over? Emily, who's actively deciding and doing stuff to want to work with Austin and Drew. Julie, 
she's already mad at Jake. She's going to want to vote out Jake. D, D is probably your safe bet. Yeah. It's going to be tough. But yes, Kelly goes home. Sucks for me. Don't like that. She's really shocked, really surprised, really upset about this. Uh, and she does end up going home. So Jake tried to warn them that, again, like you are being used tonight. It was just a little too late. Yeah. Just a little too late. Um, thoughts on Kelly and her run uh, this season? I thought she could have made it far. I think she could have been better. I was saying early in the season, I was like, Kelly could be a solid winner. And then just we seeing her social... She has very good social skills. I don't know if her strategy was there. That awkward conversation of Jake really like showcase, oh, she's bad at this. Yeah. <laughs> she actually might not be as good as I thought she was. Um, that really that really hurt her case in my eyes. Um, but yeah, uh, I thought she was a good... She was a good, uh, uh, I think she was a solid, like, women's um, challenge beast. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I don't want to say challenge beast yet, I guess, because there's only been two individual challenges, and she won one of them. Uh, so I think she was a good, her and D were very impressive in that spot. So, you know, bringing in D, someone's, you ha, someone has to be brought in to break up the Reba 5 at this point. And honestly, I mean, I think D is the only person. The problem is that they're all going to go for Bruce now and Jake. Yeah. So it's just slim pickings at this point unless you break up the five. Unless you want to make a big move and break up the five. And I think this is where Jake and Bruce really need to like turn it on. Like Bruce needs to make nice with Katora and he needs to be like, listen, we haven't gotten along, but these five people are deciding every vote from now on. And it's just a matter of time before we're a part of it. So we need to do something. Yeah. It, it is these five people. You cannot be on their side because they are making it. They made it actively clear here on this episode that these five people are in the power position. Not no, not in the power position. TM. They are in a power position where they have full control of the tribal. There is no women's alliance. All that stuff is gone. It is now down to just them, the five of them, and the rest of these four players. How? Who then? Of the Reba Five can you know split off uh, and try to ruin their chances. Honestly, I think D is the only one. Yeah, I don't think Emily's going to do it. I think Austin Drew were a solid pair. Drew might see the value in splitting off, but he wants Bruce out, so he's not going to split off to work with Bruce. If he wants Bruce out, Austin got Kelly out. Austin by getting Kelly out now has two full idols. Yeah, um, immunity idols. So he might also give that to Drew. Uh, Mama J wants to get Jake out, so I don't know if she's going to flip. But and maybe she can put aside to recognize that there are three people that could beat her to the top three. Yeah. That she needs to start getting rid of. I agree. I think and if, I hope that she does see that. Her I think, or D. I think D and Julia are the that. only ones that have the possibility of seeing that. Um, do they have any connection with anyone else? I'm trying to remember. who Whose tribe were they on when pre-merge? Because they split off. They were on... They were on Oh, no, they weren't with anybody else. They stayed on Reba, and they joined up with Sifu, J. Maya, and Sean uh, on Reba uh, after that swap, tribal swap situation. Yeah. So they don't really have any connections with anyone else. So I, I don't know. It's a tough spot. I think we're very close to getting just getting picking off one by one unless one of them slid off, but we'll see what happens. MVP talk. Who do we think the MVP of this episode was? I have written down who I think is the MVP. I think uh, other cases. Um, what are some cases? I think Bruce is an interesting case for MVP. 
He did win immunity. He was on the right side of the vote. He didn't get any votes on him, obviously because he was immune. Um, but also... But only he, because, like... Yeah, he won immunity, but only after fucking up every other thing this episode. Mm-hmm. Like... If he didn't be lazy about his getting the tubes and losing the auction and losing his vote... Again, not he wouldn't necessarily have... lazy. He just didn't see the point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like, Bruce... Yeah. Play the freaking game, Bruce. Yes. He may, in theory, would not have been in a position where he needed to work as hard in the immunity challenge to say, make sure he's safe. Yeah. Um, which was, so, so there's a good part of like, there's but a good his case ego of. ego is like, oh, I'm killing it. Yeah. There's a good case for him of like, he should be MVP in this episode, but like, do we also reward the beginning failure to then get to turning that around and becoming a victor? I don't know. Um, Drew is, I think, an interesting case. Uh, Drew on the right side of the vote. He gets Kelly out. Um, that he was the real mover and shaker on the Kelly vote here. Um, he convinced people to sit out for sand for rice. Yeah. Uh, I think he's interesting. He masterfully puts Bruce on the chopping block without putting Bruce on the chopping block himself. He was right before the mini challenge, willing to put Katora up for the the Bruce vote. So he did a lot of good strategy before that. Um, Jake, maybe, maybe, maybe you can say there's a case that his tribal council pitch swayed enough people in that moment to switch over to Kelly. Um, uh, who knows? I don't know. Uh, do you have an idea of who you think MVP is? Mm-hmm. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Drew. Three. Damn it! Yes. Uh, and that was not self motivated. I just do think that he, he had, had a very strategy. good strategy episode. Great strategy episode. Great social play. Uh, from Drew, his, yeah. his social play like is very subtle. Social, sorry, not like reactive. Yeah, it was very, it was very good. Like anticipa- anticipation of the situation. He's very subtle in his social gameplay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good on Drew. He's the MVP, which means for us, he gets ten more additional points when it comes down to it. Drew's on your team, so that stinks for me. Jesse, talk to us about the points for this episode. Alrighty. So again, on my team, I've got Jake, Drew, and Katora, and you have Kelly, Julie, and Austin. Well, so, not Kelly anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, Kelly did get you 15 points. Uh, torch stuff due to blindside, which I think an actual blindside. Yeah. That she w- forgot her torch. She was so blindsided. Yeah. Uh, and said a curse word. For realizing that she got blindsided. Yeah. Um, so you got 15 points for Kelly. You got three points for Julie. She survived the week. And three points for Austin for surviving the week. I had Jake. I got 13 points for playing a shot in the dark and surviving the week. I got Drew with three points for surviving the week. And Katora with three points for surviving the week. So pre-MVP, our totals are 19. And you got 21. But but with my extra ten points, I get twenty nine, baby. Yes, yeah, so and you have twenty one. Yeah, so now you have twenty nine. I have twenty one. Your total of two eighty one plus twenty nine is three ten. Oops, that's not how you do math. Three ten. My totals of twenty one plus two fifty four is two seventy five. Uh, meaning we are. 
27 point differential is now to 35. Before this, before before episode seven, it was a 37 point differential. I brought it down to 27. Now it's back to and 35. I've widened the gap. You've widened the gap. The D, the Drew MVP vote uh, really helped you there. The gap has been widened. I and just want to acknowledge that I have not traded or swapped. No, you have not. This whole season. I swapped out. Who did I swap out? I swapped out. You added Kelly. I swapped out Brandon for and, Kelly. And then you swapped out Caleb for, for Austin. Austin. But now which, Kelly is gone. I am down to just Julian Austin. Which so far, Austin has not gotten you a lot of points. No, not so far. No. <laughs> but he is still in the game. And now he has two mini idols. So I think there's a, it's a good shot. Does Austin... No, because he didn't find it. I was going to say, technically now he has an immunity idol. Like, I don't think he gets extra points for that. No, I think I think it's slightly different. Um, they they specifically bold and underline find. Yes. Not obtain. Yes. Find a hidden, immu- a hidden immunity idol. Yes. By voting out Kelly, he has now obtained, basically, his or has evolved. His steal a vote with Kelly has now evolved into a full-on immunity idol. So he has yeah. two immunity idols. We have some new additions to the categories. Um, in the five-point category, uh, finds a fake immunity idol is a new point total. Uh, in the ten-point category, new ones are searches through someone else's bag, voted out unanimous, unanimously, mm. and a hidden immunity idol is played on them by another player. A hidden immunity idol. They specify a hidden immunity idol, not like like given to you yeah um and then in the 15 point category a new one is successfully gets another player to play their fake idol at tribal council that's hilarious so good good stuff yeah good stuff yeah um i don't think i'm winning this season <laughs> i don't think i'm winning this season of survivor series um it's gonna be a tough bat what i really need is just julian austin to really get to the top three and what I need is for everyone to start turning on Julie, Austin, D, and Drew. Even though I have Drew, I need Jake and Katora to really take the reins of this. Yeah. You you are, yes, you are in a pickle where they are very close to just picking people one Which, by one. After this tribal, I really think is going to, because I think Bruce was blindsided. Mm-hmm. I think Kendra was blindsided. I think maybe Katora was on yeah, she was, talks. Yeah. Jake knew. It felt like Jake knew. He voted for Kelly. Yeah. He knew Kelly was the uh, backup option somehow, or he picked her randomly. I think he, well, he's not going to vote for himself, and I think she just knew that her name was out there. Yeah. So I think he knew, based on the fact that her name was out there, that they think he has an idol. He And I think, honestly, he was looking for an idol, but I think he made it obvious because he needed them to think he found something. Yes. And then played it off in the tribal council. He needed council. to make them nervous. Like, honestly, okay. So... We're at the end of the episode, and Jesse's back on our high horse. Listen, I'm sorry. I think I think Drew. I think Jake. Yes, he got desperate to look for an idol. Part of me thinks that he made it obvious because he knew they're controlling the game. They're just going to pick a person. They're going to be gone. I need to make them nervous. I need to trip up. I can't convince any of them to change their minds, but I can make them think I have an idol. And what do people do when they think I have an idol? They're going to split the vote. Yeah. So if I can get them to split the vote. And put my vote on that person. I might have a chance. Yeah, if he let's see. I think that he made 
the idol searching obvious, not out of desperation, but the fact that he needed them to get nervous. He's playing 4D chess over here. I think he is. I really think Jake's not going to get credit for that, but I want. I wonder if if he did that. Well, Jake didn't vote. Yes, he did. No, he didn't. He played a shot in the dark. He lost his. Oh, he right, vote. he didn't. But I think he would have ultimately voted for Kelly. Um, but I think he knew that he needed them to split the vote because yes. Bruce doesn't have a vote. He knew he was going to play a shot in the dark. He wouldn't have a vote. If, if, let's say, look, look at this. I mean, look, look at really what happened in this episode. If Bruce did effort and didn't lose his vote and someone else lost his vote, say one of the Reba five lost their vote. They're the majority, right? Um, well, I guess now they are the majority, um, but it was five, five before, right? Um, let's say that one of them lost their vote. Now it's five, four. They can easily vote out one of the Reba five people. Yeah. Easily. Jake, Kelly, Bruce, Katora, everyone wants to get Bruce out, but in that moment, they could be like, all right, let's get Drew out. Let's get D. Let's get Julie. Yeah. Let's get one of them out. And but so what I'm saying is it all comes back to Bruce. If Bruce tried more effort and didn't lose his vote in the his, auction, his number one wouldn't be gone. His number one wouldn't be gone, and they all wouldn't be in a crappy situation that they're in right yeah. now. But I think props to Jake, because even if he didn't do it, I think he did it on purpose, but even if he didn't. It made them nervous enough to split the vote. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Because because of what happened with, with Caleb. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think he did really well. And honestly, he could have also been I think MVP. He's, he's a strong MVP case, but I think it's just not strong enough. To Drew Drew ultimately got who he wanted. He got who he pitched out of the game. Yeah. Um. So good on Drew. Um, that is it for this week's episode of Survivor Series. Thanks for hanging in there, guys. Thank two you. episodes. Yeah, hanging in there. It's uh, about almost almost two hours, an hour and 45 minutes. Um, so thank you, everybody, for joining us. We'll be back with just one episode, covering one episode of Survivor next week, episode nine. Um, Jesse, I'm burping a lot for right now. Jesse, can you uh, give what's something fun that happened the past week or some experience or something new that you're trying or something you're watching that you want people to go check out? You know... I always think about this. I mean, I never think about this ahead of time. No, you don't. Um, I want people to try making um, miniatures. What do you mean? Little mouse houses. So you little... have plan. You told me this plan I yesterday. I have plans. Okay, so I work at a scrap shop. We have a bunch of random stuff, and I have discovered upholstery samples as being the perfect little miniature rugs. And so I found a little lamp. I found a little mantle. I want to make this little like miniature in like the shelf in our kitchen, like a miniature scene. And I would really love to decorate it for the holidays. So now it's going to, it's going to start as a miniature Christmas scene and maybe we'll post on Instagram. Um, but I think it would be really fun if people just got into miniatures and, uh, again, upholstery samples make great miniature rugs. So find your local scrap shop, Gather some things, make a little miniature. Could be a miniature little survivor set. Mm-hmm. Whatever you want. Um, send us an email if you make one. And I think that it's they're underrated. They're adorable. They're useless, but they're fun. So perfect. Um, my advice is get married. Um, <laughs> <laughs> email us if you have any thoughts about this episode or upcoming, or what do you think uh, Bruce could have done better, or do you think Jake did a good job, or is he faking it? Um, send in those emails, comments, questions, concerns. And if you make a miniature something, send us a picture. Uh, tag us on Instagram. At Series at gmail.com. You said tag us on Instagram. We don't have an Instagram. Well, we don't have any social media. Podcast. Top, count out. 
Count out. Tag count out. You have an Instagram. Why don't you plug your Instagram? Um, and tag me at Jesse Dubioski. Yeah, good luck spelling that last name. Yeah, good name. luck spelling that. But uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, email us Survivor Series at gmail.com. S-C-U-R-V-I-V-O-R series at gmail.com. This has been the latest episode of Survivor Series. We'll be back next week for an all-new episode. Until then, goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye, bye, bye.